0: Hello again, my friends, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Royal Ramble. I'm your host, Blaine the Brain, and the excitement is certainly the word of the day or even the month, as we've been gifted with plenty of pro wrestling action lately and MMA action as well for the fans of that sport. It seems like every week since the start of October, there has been a major event happening, with this and next weekend being no different, especially since the FIFA World Cup kicks off, pardon the pun, next Sunday. And the WWE has started their own version of the World Cup over on SmackDown with a very international flavor to it. I'm always a fan of when companies try out new concepts. Impact did this years ago with the World X Cup, and WWE hasn't done anything like this in a while, so I'm all for it. And the build is underway for Survivor Series coming up in just two weeks. It'll have a War Games theme. I have to say that I'm not too thrilled with the way the card has been shaping up thus far, but I wasn't really impressed with the card for Crown Jewel either, and that turned out to be a pleasant surprise. So hopefully this one doesn't disappoint. I also have a couple of big shows myself coming up at the end of December. Christmas week, I will be looking back at the year 2022 and going through all the big stories and events that happened in the world of pro wrestling. And then on New Year's will be my second annual Crystal Ball Drop episode in which I will predict what I see happening in 2023. But before we get there, we have a couple of big events to talk about, including the final pay-per-view on AEW's calendar year, and that's full gear, which is next week. Although I suppose technically it's the second last event of the year if you count the ROH final battle event on the afternoon of December 10th. Later in this episode, I will be previewing full gear and also predicting the card for the next AEW event, Revolution, in this week's Fantasy Forecast. But first things first, the UFC had its own big event just last night. It was UFC 281 from the Mecca Arena of Sports and Entertainment, Madison Square Garden, and I have to say that it did not disappoint. Let's take a look. They opened things up with some lightweight action as Dan Hooker took on Claudio Puelas. I'm not all that familiar with Puelas, so I didn't quite know what to expect here. He put Hooker in the danger zone almost immediately as he rolled right into a knee bar and then tried to lock in a heel hook, but Hooker was able to withstand the pressure and make his way out of the round. It seemed like Puelas expended most of his energy with that move, and it just didn't pay off. Once they were back on their feet, Hooker took control of the fight and blasted Puelas with a stiff kick to the midsection, which just dropped him, giving Hooker the TKO victory. Up next was a bantamweight contest featuring one of my all-time favorites in the UFC, Frankie Edgar, who, win, lose, or draw, would be competing in his farewell fight, but what a career. The opposition for Edgar was Chris Gutierrez. I feel like Edgar was just outmatched at this stage of his career, and Gutierrez was able to land a knee to Frankie's face right down the middle, which secured him the KO victory. It was a bit of a sad way for Edgar to go out, and going by his post-fight interview with Joe, not the way he wanted to end his career, but he's still a legend in the sport, and really has nothing to feel bad about. I wish him all the best. The one I was most looking forward to was the next fight between lightweight contenders Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler, and it really over-delivered. Just when it seemed like Chandler had victory well in hand as he dropped some heavy bombs in the opening round, Poirier made an impressive comeback in the closing seconds of the round with a flurry of his own strikes, and I thought the fight was pretty even up until this point. In the second round, Chandler executed a different strategy and immediately took Poirier down, but from a grounded position, it looked like Poirier landed a vicious elbow which immediately sliced Chandler wide open, and he was dripping blood all over the canvas. Poirier eventually transitioned and was able to grab hold of Chandler's back to get the rear naked choke and quick tap out. This was a great fight. The co-main event was for the strawweight title between defending champion Carla Esparza and her number one challenger and former champion Zhang Weili. Carla managed to escape the first round but Weili just trapped her in the opening seconds of round two in a crucifix lock and then switched positions much like Poirier did in the previous fight. She got the back of Asparza and quickly submitted her with a second straight rear naked choke to win the belt. Even though Carla lost, which I did expect, not going to lie, I thought she at least put up a better fight and put on a much better show to almost eliminate the memory of the snooze fest she had with Rose to actually win the title. So that brought us to the main event. It was for the middleweight title and it was contested between defending champion Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira. This one almost went the distance, and I'd say Izzy won the first four rounds, but Pereira bounced back in round five and caught the champ with a left hook and then followed up with more big shots to get the TKO for the upset, and we have a brand new middleweight champion. It was a solid night of fights for sure, so hopefully the UFC has an even stronger close to the year. So this weekend's event is now in the books. It's time now to look ahead to next weekend featuring the big AEW event, Full Gear. I haven't really been impressed with the build, to be honest, but on paper, it looks like a pretty good card. They just added a couple of matches on Rampage last Friday, so I'll address those ones first. There will be a cage match on the show between former partners Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I'm still a huge fan of Jungle Boy, but the angle it All Out completely destroyed any interest I had in this feud. I feel like if they were going to do a squash just because Christian was hurt, they could have still done that but have Jungle Boy go over as it makes more sense for the heel to then come out and make the excuse that he was injured, which is the only way JB could beat him. And then you do the Luchasaurus turn. But the way they went about it just left a sour taste in my mouth. I'm sure this match will still be great, though. I think it should be booked similar to the Impact match between AJ Styles and Abyss several years ago, where Lucha plays the role of the big monster and just ragdolls Jungle Boy around the cage, and then Jungle Boy gets all the high spots. Ultimately, I think Jungle Boy needs this win a lot more, and Christian can still boast that Jungle Boy has never defeated him, so I'm picking JB to win by escape as the monster falls from the top of the cage into tax or something, and then Christian does the post-match beatdown and reveals that he no longer needs the sling. They can easily do the cage door angles, too, similar to Michael Hayes and Kerry Von Erich, or more recently, Kurt Hennig and Ric Flair. Well, I say more recently, but that latter angle was actually in the 90s, and I'm sure there's been another one this century, but I can't think of any at the moment. Jade Cargill versus Nyla Rose was also added for the TBS title. I'm not invested in either of these characters or this feud, to be honest. I think this match is going to be a stinker, and I'm just going to pick Jade to go over clean, and hopefully the feud ends there. I think we may get a jade face turn coming out of this as well, since it hasn't really been made clear who is supposed to be the baby face in this match. The ROH title will be up for grabs in a four-way between defending champion Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Claudio Castagnoli, and Brian Danielson. This is the one I'm most looking forward to, and I think it should even open the show to get it off to a hot start. I'm a little surprised they chose to put Guevara in there instead of Daniel Garcia, considering that Garcia is more attached to this angle. I can see some miscommunication issues between the BCC members playing into the finish here, and Jericho capitalizes to retain his belt, and then Regal tries to settle things with his troops afterwards. And ultimately, I think it makes more sense and is a better told story for Jericho to head into the ROH pay-per-view as the champion. Another women's title will be defended on the show with Jamie Hayter challenging Tony Storm, this match should be fine, I'm just not really invested in this feud either. I don't see what the big deal is about Hater, but people seem to love her. And Storm hasn't really had her moment yet in AEW, so hopefully this is it. I can't see a title change here just because Storm hasn't had much of a run yet, and Hayter doesn't have a clear direction either as champion, so I see no point flipping the belt. But there is a women's match that I am invested in, and that's because of the great story, and it's between Dr. Britt Baker and Soraya. Personally, I think Soraya has always been overrated as far as in-ring skill, but I think this is the best use of her by far, and hopefully she's at 100%. Given that it's her first match in AEW, and since her injury, I can't see her losing. I'm picking Soraya to go over, and then maybe chase after the title. The feud between Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs has really been heating up, though the match hasn't really been made official yet. Considering the previous couple of weeks, I'm assuming we're getting this match at full gear, though. However, I'm a little confused as to why they chose to do the Samoa Joe back before full gear. I would guess that we may be getting Joe versus Wardlow at some point, probably at the ROH pay-per-view, but it seems weird to be building two matches at the same time. That said, I can see Joe getting involved here and maybe costing Wardlow the title to Hobbs, who really needs something. The AEW Tag Titles will also be on the line as the Acclaimed turn back the challenge of Swerve in our glory. Yeah, I like the Acclaimed, but I think this is the wrong match for them. Plus, they've been teasing a Swerve breakup for some time, so I can't see them getting the belts back, which immediately takes me out of this match considering how predictable it is. I see the Acclaimed going over clean and then a post-match angle where Swerve just destroys Lee with a chair or something. Jeff Jarrett is back in the spotlight. He'll be teaming with Jay Lethal against Sting and Darby Allin. To me, this just seems to be more about Sting and Jarrett and less about Lethal and Darby. I couldn't care less about this feud or match. Assuming this is a one-off for Jarrett, I'd love to see Darby just get a strong win over him. They've also been teasing an appearance by the elite on this show. I would have honestly been fine if they never came back, but it is what it is. I'm assuming we're getting some kind of angle with these guys and maybe Hangman, who is noticeably absent from this card. The Eliminator Tournament Finals are also scheduled to take place at the event. Just looking at the tournament brackets is not the easiest to predict, which is a good thing, but part of that is because some of the guys in this tournament have barely seen the light of day on Dynamite, which kind of defeats the purpose of having a ranking system. Given the brackets, it seems like they're finally attempting to push Ethan Page, so he'll probably need a babyface challenger, and I think Ricky Starks makes the most sense. It isn't the most compelling number one contenders match, but I don't expect either guy to win the title anytime soon anyway, so why even do this? I'm going with Page to win just because it makes sense, considering his recent history with both world champion and number one contender. So that leaves us with the main event for the AEW world title between Jon Moxley and MJF. People are already speculating that because MJF is in the Von Erich biopic and he'll probably be taking time off to film, that the title will not be changing hands here. I think it would be a huge mistake not to, especially in MJF's hometown. That's money being left on the table. You ultimately have to strike while the iron is hot, and while MJF has been cooled down a bit, I think it's the right time to put the belt on him, and I hope he wins clean to complete his transition to babyface. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they swerved us and CM Punk ends up coming out at the end of the show to have a face-to-face with the new champ, though I wouldn't expect it. This whole world title fiasco, including this match, has just been so convoluted. Firstly, I don't know what to make of the angle from earlier in the year and the shoot promo by MJF on Tony Khan. They haven't even addressed that, which now makes me think that it might have been legitimate. If it was part of an angle, what was the payoff? I don't get it. And then they do the angle from a few weeks ago with the firm turning on MJF. So now both he and Moxley are supposed to be babyface. Another bizarre situation. But hopefully things will be sorted out by the end of this pay-per-view, and it'll all make sense. So coming up next for AEW is the Revolution show, which takes place in March, I believe, next year. A lot can happen between now and then, but something that is happening right now is my fantasy forecast. Here is the card that I would book for Revolution. MJF vs. Sammy Guevara for the AEW world title. I'm not a huge fan of Guevara, but they never really resolved their issues dating back to the feud between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle. So I think this would be a good first opponent for MJF as champion. Kenny Omega vs. Brian Danielson. If you remember, I believe they had one match in AEW which ended in a draw, so why not revisit that? The Hung Bucks with a heel hangman rejoining the Elite versus Death Triangle for the Trios titles. The Acclaimed vs. FTR for the AEW Tag Team titles. Ethan Page vs. Jon Moxley. Tony Storm vs. Thunder Rosa for the Undisputed AEW Women's title. Dr. Britt Baker vs. Jamie Hayter. Jade Cargill vs. Soraya for the TBS title. Orange Cassidy vs. Claudio Casignoli for the All-Atlantic title. Chris Jericho vs. Sting, and I believe their first ever meeting, one-on-one. New ROH TV champion Wardlow versus new AEW TNT champion Powerhouse Hobbs, winner take all. Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage in a career match. So there you have it. I'm done for another week, but I'll be back next Sunday to review Full Gear and preview Survivor Series war games, so stay tuned. Until then, I'll leave you with an ABC.